Evans. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 257 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud and very tired host of the podcast, Howard Kravitz. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. I'm really excited to discuss the Oaks Derby and a lot of behind-the-scenes videos and, and pictures from this past weekend. Um, I had an unbelievable time, as did my brother. We'll be talking about that and, and the races as well. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Our subscriptions have gone up tremendously. We really appreciate it. Make sure you smash that like button. Uh, that will uh, tell the YouTube uh, generator to send us to the uh, send people to the HHH Racing Podcast, and also hit the notification bell so you know when new content will arise. You can follow me on Twitter. You can see at H Kravitz. Bob in the screen email H Kravitz Horse at Gmail uh, com. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have Power Picks down below. I gave out a over $1,000 pick five for this past Friday on Oaks Day if you used my ABC uh, ticket. And other than that, though, yikes. It was a rough weekend. A lot of close calls. We'll be talking about that. Certainly, I had the major disease of seconditis all weekend. Uh, got the feeling a lot of people at the track and at OTBs throughout the country had rough weekends in general. Um, hopefully you cash with many nice scores, though, as well. Um, we have a website, hghtracingpodcast.com. And if you click on, I believe, the other tab at the top, there's some great pictures we have. Um, and we're going to show a lot of pictures and videos tonight on the show here from the Derby weekend. But we have some great stuff already up on the website, thanks to uh, Paul Halloran and especially Pete Visco, who uh, runs the website. So check that out as well. Um, we have a show tomorrow night. As you see on the ticker tomorrow night, Benton and Boozen is back covering San Anita Saturday with a nice stakes race and probably some NBA talk as well with Kyle Roscoe, uh, Charlie Freeman, and Patrick Kunzel. And then also uh, this Thursday night flagship show, myself, Pete, Paul, Jim Miller, really good card at Belmont. They traditionally have that the week after the Derby. They got the Peter Pan, Man of War, uh, Run Happy Stakes, I believe. Three graded stakes. I believe they're all graded. Really nice card at Belmont as they get their preps in for the Belmont Stakes uh, coming up in approximately uh, five and a half weeks from now, which I'm very happy that I will be there as well at the Belmont. Uh, let's see. We've got some comments here in the chat real quick. We have some some dude that I think I know, uh, who, Michael Kravitz, my brother, Mike, how you doing? Mike is in the chat. Uh, probably first time in a very long time. He played a big role this weekend as he's a lot of videotaping, uh, for, uh, me and had an unbelievable time. So Mike, my brother, Mike is on the show. Uh, Michael Osen is here. Uh, yeah, Mattress Mac, don't feel bad for Mattress Mac, uh, Michael Oson, because he's doing just fine. Matt Miller is here. Kravitz Royalty. I don't know about that. Pretty sure that's a brother in the audience. It is. Um, so Matt Miller uh, commenting, and uh, let's see what else we got. 
uh, Racing Down Win. Congratulations to Racing Down Win. I don't know if our co-host heard Racing Down Win qualified for the NHC. So congratulations to Racing Down Win. Marco Lou had an unbelievable weekend. Phil Conti, good evening. Got a lot of people here. All right, let's. We got a lot to do. Penn State Scott and a lot of videos and things to talk about. Let me bring on my great co-host first. Let's bring on my uh, Kentucky Derby brethren, a uh, brethren and uh, co-host of the show from the uh, Saratoga Special, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and most recently from the Commonwealth of Kentucky and my partner in crime at the Kentucky Derby, Mr. Paul Halloran. We've got also from the great state of Maryland, which will be our focus the next uh, few weeks, of course, as well. Let me turn off Phil Conti as we're going to Pimlico next and uh, Pete Visco's home state. There he is, Pete Visco, and the host of Betton and Boozin, Mr. Kyle Roscoe. Guys, going back to the traditional green background, we miss it in a while. Paul, how you doing? I'm a little bit tired, I got to admit. Yeah, I feel like a quarter horse is trying to get 10 furlongs. <laughs> I think that's a, a good analogy. Pete, any uh, derby hangover for you, either literally or figuratively? No, no. I mean, sitting at home and not drinking, you don't really, you don't have any bad feelings for once the next day. Plus, I won for the day, so everything was all good. That's awesome, Pete. Uh, Kyle, I know that you sort of took it on the chin like myself and many other people uh, from the betting perspective, but, um, you know, it's still derby weekend. Pretty cool. No, absolutely, and uh, got to spend it with the beautiful girlfriend up in Wisconsin, and she was getting more into it than I was. So just you know, it's like you know when you wait when you raise a kid, and she's out there, you know, doing her own thing. It's it's pretty cool to watch. No, no question about that. And, and Paul's sporting the Cody's wish hat, which we'll uh, talk about. Cody's wish. Might dare I say, Paul, the most impressive effort of the weekend uh, to be unbiased, even. Absolutely. He, and and we'll talk about it when we talk about the race, but uh, had a chance to talk to Junior after the race, and uh, he said he never felt better beneath him than than Saturday, which is kind of a scary thought. Yeah. This is a horse who's coming off a Breeders' Cup dirt mile win where he had a dual cyber knife all the way to the wire. He, he said he had more horse underneath him Saturday than he's ever felt. So uh, that was certainly the highlight of the weekend for me. And Pete, we can add this to the stat sheet. Uh, Cody's wish with Cody Dorman at the track. Now five for five, Pete. Undefeated. Yes, we said that. Hey, we call, we, we, we called that. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't that much of a good tip with the, with the odds as they were, but you know, we give out oh. what we can. And it wasn't much of a closers track really either in many races. And he went 121 and changed, Paul. Now going to the Met Mile. Well, just take care of the Cody Witch story right now, I guess. But uh, going to the Met Mile, I heard Zozos might go. But I'll tell you what, it's going to take a superior effort to beat Cody's Wish right now. Yeah, you know, he was far back. Uh, he was at the back of the pack. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, this is a lot. As you said, how it wasn't – I think it was an honest track, but it certainly wasn't. If it was favoring anything, you'd have to say horses closer to the front than the back. And um, what's amazing is he brings Junior into these races. If you watch when he makes his move on that turn, same as the Breeders' Cup, it's it's with very little urging from Junior. He just decides, okay, it's time to go, and <laughs> my friend Cody's in the winner's circle, and I want to go see him. And uh, he just, uh, boy, that was that was an impressive turn of foot. Uh, I saw the Saratoga race in person when he beat Jackie's Warrior, and 
saw that, and uh, I, I agree with you. I, you know, I hope a lot of good horses come because maybe you'll be even money. Pete, he was even money going to the gate, by the way, I Pete. Know. And yeah, I had my I had my phone out. I, I was watching the board closely, and if if he was going to go off at even money, I was going to do my part to knock him to four to five. I mean, the, the problem is, you, you know, they go in the gate at even right. money, and he comes out at one to five, so you yeah. never know what's going to happen yeah, at that so, point. But. but three to five was the final tally. Oh, guys but, like Paul. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> um. Well, Paul's so, got that get uh, that you know grade one gamble money now. He mm -hmm. can swing the odds a little bit more. <laughs> That's exactly right here, uh, guys. So, so for for my wonderful uh, people on the screen here and everyone home listening and watching, this is gonna be a little bit of a difficult show from a technical standpoint for me. I've got a lot of videos uh, to show. Um, some have audio. I'm gonna show some pictures. We don't want to make this just about the Oaks and Derby and you know just black you know blab on for an hour about trips. I mean, they are both pretty cleanly run races. We're obviously going to talk about the races, but the the experience that I had and Paul had, um, Paul's been there before. It was only his second time. The experience I had, I, I can't even begin to tell everyone how amazing it was. And uh, uh, the pocket the pocketbook was uh, not great for me, no doubt about it. I'm certainly not going to come out here and say that I won when I did not, when I, I lost my ass. But the experience so much over blue, any kind of losses that I had uh, for the weekend that it was just absolutely outstanding. So uh, we're going to show, we're going to talk about the O's, we're going to talk about the Derby. I'm going to show some videos. Um, as my brother knows, who is probably still in the chat or listening, the sound quality for some of the videos are not going to be great. It is not my brother's fault at all. We were messing with a new camera. It, it's it's not, the, the, the actual video is going to be fine in general. The sound is not great. But there were so many really cool interviews and things to show. So if you're home watching live, just be prepared to turn the sound either up or down and just just bear with us because I did a bunch of editing and spent a lot of time trying to get as much as we can here on the show with a limited amount of time because we want to go only about an hour at most. So that being said, before we talk about the Oaks, guys, very quickly, I just want to show everyone – and the, I, I, the show is not about me. So you're going to see a lot of me, but that's because there was a lot of pictures and video with me uh, there for my first derby. But I want to get the impression that we're going to talk about me for an hour because we're absolutely not. Um, the first thing I want to show people sort of the view we had. And Paul, as I show this view, can you please talk about um, Darren Rogers and Kevin Kirsten and the unbelievable job the media relations people did taking care of everyone uh, at Churchill Downs this weekend? Yeah, I, I think I saw a number of between everyone. Oh, there's Howard. Uh, I think 2,000 credentialed media start to finish, including photographers and production assistants and NBC. And it, it was really managed well. You know, pretty large press room that looked to me like a former simulcast center. Uh, you know, photographers on one side, uh, the rest of us on the other. And then a section of seats. That's the view from section 322 that howard yeah. is showing you that's a section that is available for the media to to watch the races from and uh you know they got it down to a science you know we were there on friday with 105,000 people and i said what the hell is this place going to be like tomorrow with 50 percent more people but it was actually pretty manageable um not having general admission folks in the building is is a huge help if you had just a general admission ticket and no seat you were relegated to the infield. 
So that I think made the building somewhat manageable. So I, I didn't, I didn't think it was, it wasn't as bad getting around there as, as I thought it would be. And yeah, hats off to Darren and Kevin and, you know, all the guys who we watched in the morning, Joe Christofek and Scott Shapiro and James Scully and Caitlin Free and Rosie, you know, the whole team down there did a great job. Nah, it was, it was, it was first class all the way. I have nothing else to add. Um, they, they really took care of us from food to just just everything in the hospitality and was fantastic. Um, let's go ahead and actually before Sorry, before we show the actual Oaks and talk about it, I did a bunch of stand-ups, guys. And again, if the sound is not great, um, I, I profusely apologize because I know it, there's going to be some issues with it. Um, but I do want to show, I thought we had some cool things to show. So first of all, we're going to show me in the tunnel. Uh, this is part of the access we had. I mean, I'm I'm laughing because it's just crazy, guys, the access we had. And shout out to my brother, by the way, uh, he created a cool thing below the mic, as you can see there, the HHH Racing Podcast. I dressed the part. Let's hear what I have to say. As you can see, there's uh, Southlawn there in the back. Let's see what I have to say. And again, be ready to adjust any sound. As they came through uh, the tunnel here, this is going to be approximately uh, 15, 20 seconds or so. You should be able to hear this, everyone. Is it me or do I not hear it? No, yeah, I, I don't hear, hear anything. anything. Yeah, I can't hear You guys anything. don't hear it? Nope. That's interesting. Okay. Sorry about that. Well. But I bet it was eloquent. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it was. Um, and life-changing. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we're missing out completely. Okay. I find that bizarre because <laughs> I presented it with. I heard enough from him all weekend, Pete. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, there's, there's nothing there. I mean, unless... Oh, I know. Actually, I know why now. Let's try it again. Sorry, guys. Let's try this again. My bad. The horses for the 2023 Kentucky Oaks are coming through the tunnel. We just saw Southlawn go by the favorite right now, Wet Paint, the number seven. She's a fantastic closer. She is right behind me as we speak. She has a good shot to win this race. There's plenty of early speed to set up her close. But so that was me before the race, guys. Uh, uh, it was just, I mean, the access, Kyle. I, the Oaks horses are right behind me, like I'm on freaking NBC or something. It's just crazy. Yeah, you got you got you while you're doing an interview going over. Oh, there's Southlawn. There's Botanical. There's Wet Paint. And look, there's Brad Cox. That's about to bump into me as I move past. You know, that's it, an it's awesome. And really, the my, the quality wasn't that wasn't that bad. And I, I love the uh, the official mic. It makes it look like makes it look even better. Yeah, I mean, look, it was it was it was it was fun. Um, and I'll show you the view. I'll show you. This is not going to be audio. This is not going to be video, guys. I'm just try to show you one more thing as I'm talking here. Up, oh, that's not it. Um, our our views were just unbelievable. Paul just attested to it. This was um, there's no video here, guys. Um, but again, this is you can sort of get a sense. That's Paul. Pretty much, we were we were sitting right above that. Paul, we were right at the eighth pole. It's just a beautiful view. It was a great spot. Yeah, I, I spent. Uh, I watched a few races from that section uh, on Thursday uh, and Friday, and actually watched the Derby from that section on Saturday. So it, it was, uh, yeah, it was good to good to be out in the open air and seeing it live. Absolutely. Let's go ahead, um, Pete. I'll let you talk about the race. I'm just. We'll show the whole race. I'm gonna do it without. 
I'm going to turn the sound off here and let me go ahead and bring it up here, Pete. Um, of course, pretty mischievous, the 14. Did anything surprise you in this race? She was pretty wide, Pete. I thought this was a, a huge effort. We'll, we'll talk about the buyer and everything, but um, she ran huge. There's really no else way to say it. Yeah, she was great. I mean, the, the, the surprise, not necessarily a surprise, but I mean, I think people wrote that horse off just a little bit because I think before what, what, what was the race when, when she lost to Southlawn before the, the fairground Oaks. Yeah. Before the fairground Oaks, she was, she was potentially one of the top few choices because she came off that rolling of, of who's your Philly. And then, you know, she has one little stumble, loses to Southlawn and and doesn't pop a nice buyer. Didn't look to improve. And, And then, you know, now she's whatever she went off at, 10 to one. So it's amazing how your fortunes, at least from a betting standpoint can change. And then what she wound up doing was just running sort of a not too dissimilar race than she had been running before that. I mean, she was a little bit further back maybe than normal, but you know, she's a good quality horse. She looked good going into the fairground Oaks and she came out of the Kentucky Oaks, just looking, you know, looking top notch. I mean, again, it was a, we were going to get to the buyers and stuff. It was a 92 buyer. It wasn't like, anyone exploded but it was still better than what the other philly prep races were up until that point for the most part uh paul supposedly drew said wet paint just didn't handle the track as well you're gonna see her um she's a little hard she, she's like right in the dolphin right here if you guys can see my arrow there i mean she made a move but she just didn't have that explosion paul she showed at oakland yeah see i i didn't think she had much of an excuse in this race she's not you know, she's about three lengths behind, pretty mischievous. You know, credit here, I think, go to the connections. Brendan Walsh, the trainer, and Tyler with a great ride out of the 14. Got her over far enough, so she was about four wide on the first turn instead of five, six, or seven. But after that fairground oaks that, that Pete had mentioned when she got caught by South One, you know, they thought she just kind of hung a little bit in the stretch and idled and waited and Brendan Walsh, you know, it's, it, there's a lot, two schools of thought on making a major equipment move going into a race like this, and he was not, he did not hesitate. He put the blinkers on her for the first time, put them on in the works. Tyler came in to work her uh, three times, uh, coming over presumably from Keeneland, and you know, she, you could see the difference. She, she idled a little bit once she hit the lead. You could see she was up by three and almost got grabbed by gambling girls. But she was much more focused in the stretch, and I, I really think that was the difference in, in the the loss in the fairground oaks and the win on, on Friday. And hats off to Brendan Walsh and for the, you know, to the Godolphin people for allowing him to do his job, which is what he thinks is best for the horse. He's a tremendous trainer. Yeah, Paul. Um, she made she made a similar move, right? In the if I remember correctly, yeah, she, in the, she, same in the race. Yeah. Notes, I mean, same move. It's just yep. she just she just you know, hung. She, just, a, yeah, she just yeah, yeah. She gets the lead, and some horses are like that, Pete. You know, they get to the lead and they open up a little bit, and now they're waiting for company. And she got yeah. some company Friday. I'll tell you, a gambling girl was flying. You know, Brendan Walsh. I heard on the radio today. He seemed to think that if she got a sight of gambling girl up real close. Should have taken off again, just because that's what she does. But, um, but she, you know, she was definitely more focused in the stretch on Friday. And you know, hats off, Brendan and uh, Michael Banahan from Godolphin at the press conference after the race talked about at at dinner after the Fairground Oaks. Brendan brought the subject up for the first time that he thinks he 
might want to try blinkers. And he said he was like 75% sure. And then once he worked her in him once, he was 100% sure. Yeah, it's crazy because we talked about that, you know, that before a big race, it's a scary thing to do to try something out. But, hey, in this case, you're going home with the Oaks Trophy. So, you, you know, mm-hmm. it worked out well. Kyle, I sort of – maybe I'm not giving enough credit to pretty mischievous. Watching a live, I thought Gamlin Girl was going by. She ran a huge race, but – there's a small part, and she ran her by her top, so maybe I'm way off base here, but it sort of feels like she should have gone by. I, I don't know. Uh, Southlawn also, Southlawn didn't, Paul disagrees, Southlawn didn't uh, fire, really, and Botanical broke slow, and just the second, third choice just didn't fire. Any thoughts on Botanical, Southlawn, or Gambling Girl? Uh, just ran a monster race. I guess it just got beat. I suppose. I mean, we said it on the show um, when we know, went over the two day pick six for the um, the Kentucky Oaks. We said we we talked about pretty mischievous because there was actually a viewer in the chat that really liked her and like Gambling Girl. So kudos to I can't remember the name off my top of head, but kudos to them. Um, and I just I really just thought Gambling Girl was going to run her race. Just seemed a little slow on paper as comparatively to a horse like wet paint who was going to look like they were going to do the same exact thing. And just based on prior performance, it looked like wet paint was just easily the better horse could be wrong on that. I mean, like you guys stated, she really didn't have too many excuses in that race and gambling girl ran huge, but I think to Pete's point earlier, I think pretty mischievous. I think that was a great ride from Tyler to get her over just around the first turn, have her two, three wide and just keep her in the clear the whole way around. And, I don't think that I don't think you really have to discredit anything. I think the top two ran big races and the rest just just didn't fire. I think that's fair enough. Here's my video very quickly, just about uh, about 20 seconds here uh, after the race. This was my discussion uh, on. Whoop, uh, uh, we're, yeah, we can we should hear the audio, guys. Uh, this is me right after the race. The 2023 Kentucky Oaks is in the book. Pretty mischievous. The Dolphin homebred trained by Brendan Walsh and ridden by Tyler Gaffleone gets the job done with a wide trip and a huge effort at 10-1 to Gambling Girl. A big effort for second for Rapoli and Pletcher. And the number two gets in third. A tremendous Kentucky Oaks 2023. Your winner, the number 14. Pretty mischievous. So that I mean, by the way, we we had it, Paul. We had access right there to watch the race, and I'm not, I didn't show the video, but I mean, you could, we could have watched all of the races right on the rail, close to the. Fin- I mean, relative, I, probably the 16th pole. Again, the access was just tremendous, Paul. Yeah, well, I certainly watched the Cody's Wish race from the <laughs> finish line with right next to a little guy named Cody. So the uh, that was the one race I was going to watch from there. Nah, for there's no question. And then uh, you mentioned the press conference, Paul. I actually, we've got uh, a, a short, very short. This is just a, this is from the press conference. Uh, this is pretty funny. This is when Howard was sitting right behind me, and I didn't yeah. know he was there. This is I was, I, and I had no clue he was there. He was two feet away. He's always always yeah. lurking, Paul. He's always right behind well, you. I, Kyle, one of us was really working, and one of us was trying to impress his podcast viewers. Well, I, I, no, I'm not trying to impress nice. anyone. I just want to give people a yeah. Yes. Own, man. I'm glad you said it because you were there, so I, I didn't want to say it because you know I wasn't there, so I didn't want to 
Anyway, oh. I just want to give people a feel for uh, for the day, um, but I don't know if I I don't know if I don't know where it is. So now I, I lost. But the anyway. day seems slow and boring at the rate we're getting this video up. So I'm, yeah. I'm no, hoping well, it not, wasn't we're, like we're, this when we were there. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Here it is. I found it. Uh, hold on one second. Me. So this was just real quick. Here's the video. Uh, me asking Tyler a question at the press conference. And there's a gentleman sitting in front of me in a white shirt who is completely oblivious <laughs> to the fact that no it's cool. me behind him. <laughs> I'm ready for the reaction. Tyler, congratulations on winning the O's. Uh, the horse was pretty wide on backstretch. We'll tuck in a little bit, but then he went wide again. How do you believe the track is playing, and what do you think that will lead into uh, tomorrow's race? You know, the track's been very fair the past week or so, especially today. Uh, on the main course earlier in the day, I came from last up to France, where it was good. Uh, this race, I was four wide most away, and it seems pretty fair and pretty level. So he just, I just wanted to ask him, and it, it, you know, the trend, they were coming wide. I thought they were coming wide in a lot of the races on the dirt beat over the weekend. Um, he had one horse come up the rail, but I, I thought the middle paths were pretty good, Pete. Overall. Yeah, I think so. I mean, mm. it, it seemed I, I agree with Paul what he said earlier. Though I thought I thought the track was just playing pretty fair. I think just the best ones, you know, the best ones won, and then sometimes it was in the middle. I mean, if you get a nice, I, again, I you know me, I always like when you can get out in the open and, and sort of run a straight line. And if you got a good enough horse, then I, I like that trip anyway. No I question. do think Pete. I think the turf course was speed favorite turf course was speed degree. yeah that was that that was killing me hey ralph in the chat by the way my yankee stadium sign it, it fell it's sitting right next to me i just need to put it back up thanks for asking though <laughs> um guys let's go to the derby um mage is your winner it was uh a, an excellent race um i'm not kicking myself um at all uh we hit the super effective for the uh, people that were involved in the syndicate, which was, was very cool. I just overall thought it'd be a little bit too much too soon. I mean, it's very hard to win off of only three lifetime starts. There's no doubt that this horse is super talented, and everyone knows who follows this show that uh, Pete, um, Paul, and myself especially had a big debate about the Florida Derby and who ran the better race. To be very fair, we still don't know because Forte hasn't run Pete. So for me to come on and sit here and say Paul and I were right that you know Mage ran the better race because of the Derby is just asinine. That being said, Pete, you gotta give an unbelievable amount of credit to Javier Castellano and Mage, and we'll go ahead and show the replay in a minute. But just your general thoughts, each one of you, real quick thoughts on the Derby, and then we'll get into details. Yeah, I think Castellano gets most of the a lot of the credit because he he got the perfect trip. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He got the jump on Angel of Empire. He he ran a similar race just with a little bit more patience than he had in the Florida Derby. Forte would have ran by him if he was on the track, so it would have been sort of a duplication of the Florida Derby. <laughs> wow. So, but I think I think that he ran he ran the race he was supposed to. And I mean, he I, he reminds me. The funny thing is, and I hate this horse so I, I hate to com not to compare them but he runs the turns and he sort of did like Sunday Silence used to beat Easy Goer on the turns always and not in comparison but I think that's how he beat Angel of Empire because he beat him on the turn he pulled away he got to the spot he pulled away on the turns and that's what stupid Sunday Silence used to do to Easy Goer so it pissed me off today well actually it didn't piss me off here I, I had you know I wanted Angel of Empire though so yep. it pissed me off just a touch Again, I thought your angel ran well, Pete. I really, I mean, I, I couldn't find any excuses at all. Um, 
I thought he ran perfectly fine. He just got it was fine. Eight. He just wasn't as good, and he didn't. No. You know, you get the jump on a horse, and even if you're of similar, I think Mage is more talented than Angel of Empire, and that was always the worry. And I think he got the better ride, and he got the better trip in terms of just the move that he made, and you know, he got the pace too. Uh, Matt just mentioning how cool it was for us to be all this access and um, uh, Michael, it is not a one shot deal. Uh, my brothers, welcome back <laughs> uh, with we'll, we'll get better equipment. Uh, Paul or Kyle, any just real snapshot thoughts on Mage and or two Phils who I thought actually ran the best race of anyone in my opinion. Well, I would say this about Mage versus Forte and you know, we don't know. It, it was really bad that Forte didn't sad that Forte didn't get to run, but Forte ran five times as a two-year-old, as a two-year-old champion. So that's a lot of seasoning. Mage did not run as a two-year-old. So I will tell you one thing. If I had to own either horse today, it would be Mage. Uh, that doesn't mean Forte won't beat him when he finally gets to run against him. But for for Mage to run like that off no third life, you know, three lifetime races and no races as a two-year-old, uh, the upside is unbelievable. I don't. You know, without Forte in the Preakness, and it looks like he won't be, uh, which is a whole other story. We don't want to go down that road about the Kentucky vet. And, you know, Suge McGahee was on with Steve Bick today. And, you know, Suge McGahee is a guy who was probably as well-respected as any trainer in history. And I get it that there were horses who had died going in, and it's the Derby, and we want to be super careful and all that. But, you know, I think we're getting to the point of overcorrection. And I think we were at that point on Saturday, but again, that's another story for another show, but back to, I mean, I want to see Forte back out there as soon as possible. I just think you got to give Mage a ton of credit for, you know, looking like he looked on paper to all of us. And I loved him in the Florida Derby. I'm kind of kicking myself that I, I mean, I had him all over the place underneath on Saturday, just not in the top line. Um, but to do that, off of that little seasoning, you know, although that is the trend, right? The uh, <laughs> that's twice now, and what was justified four years ago, yeah. five years ago, so twice in five years that a horse who hasn't run it too has won the Derby. But I, I think Major's upside is huge, and I do agree, Howard. I think two fills the horses around the pace with two fills finished 13th, 14th, and 16th. And he finished a close second. So hats off to him and Revellian. Revelli is making the right move. There's no reason to run that horse back in two weeks after an effort like that. Real quick, Kyle, uh, I want to shout out to De Palma, who I just put in the chat, who had shares of Mage. And we've not seen De Palma 13 in the chat. Uh, De Palma 13, congratulations, man. It's Congrats. unbelievable. And yeah. Vince Watson, also I see you in the chat. Um, so, Vince, welcome. Kyle, two fills ran a blinder, as Davy Lane would say. I yep. mean – Jared had to make Jared had to make that early move because the hole was there. You can ask anything more of this horse. Um, if he goes to Belmont, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be a threat there too. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you what I thought it was. The, I thought it was the perfect move, honestly, for Jared to make. You said he has to make it. All these people before the Derby all crapping on Jared Loveberry because they just don't recognize who he is. We is talked about unbelievable. It. I mean, I I hope that puts more respect on his name than anything honestly because he's a great guy he's a great jockey and he made the moves he had to make and just you know didn't have enough force at the end that's the way it goes but 
absolute bang up race from him. Angel of Empire, I think, ran well, ran his race, just didn't necessarily have the horse to get to Mage, who, as Pete touched on, got the jump on him in the end. Well, the other concern I had, Pete and Paul, with Mage was the breeding. Good magic wasn't really proven at this distance. And I just, I mean, he was very clear. He was, he was a B as in boy for me in my ABC. I wish I keyed him. I wish I put him on top in the supers more often than we did. But there were just enough question marks for me to just be not uh, so sure. And obviously, he went off at 15 to 1. But we'll we'll talk. Some of the odds were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, as usual. Um, two people we talked about very quickly I want to show. Uh, this is my interview with Matt Bernier. And if you guys will allow me to go on for about two and a half minutes here, because who doesn't want to hear Matt Bernier? This was before the race. You can see him at the um, NBC uh, TV there. Um, uh, um, Ed, Ed Olchuk was there with him. But I was able to interview Matt uh, before he went on air. I'm Thank you very much to Matt Bernier for giving us the time. Here's about a two-plus-minute interview with Matt Bernier. We are talking, of course, before the race. Enjoy my interview with Matt. Howard Fowitz here with the HHH Racing Podcast, and I'm here with my good friend and – NBC analyst Matt Bernier. Matt, how you doing today? Look at this. The roles are reversed. How about that? Huh? A little different this time. Not around. bad. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Every Thank- day. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Thanks for being with us today. So big news this morning as we're talking here on Derby Day. Forte scratch. Yes. How does that affect the race in your opinion? Well, I mean, it was already a bit of a crapshoot, and now even more so. Uh, it sounds like Mattress Max is going to be the one that decides who the favorite is between Angel of Empire and Tapitrice. Um, at this point right now, uh, again, obviously this is a little bit later, but Tapitrice is slightly behind Angel of Empire. I think it's like $15,000 difference between the two. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, don't quote me on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being Angel of Empire. Wow, I know I know a certain Caleb Keller definitely wants Angel of Empire. I actually talked to him this morning down in the uh, media room. He's very excited about I know, I know a certain Howard Kravitz that would appreciate it if it's Tapitrice. Uh, yes, I, I definitely like Tapit Trice. So, Matt, give me your top pick. Uh, uh, how do you think the race flow is going to develop? What do you think about this year's Derby 2023? I think the the pace is always kind of the unknown. And this year, it doesn't look like there's any real burners in there. But then again, I think it's one of those things that if we all sit here and say there's no speed, a few connections are going to look at it and go, let's send. And next thing you know, they're going 47. And anybody that's in the vol- involved in the race has a chance. Um, I've liked Angel of Empire throughout. I'm going to stick with him. Um, you know, I don't love him as the favorite, but at the same time, favorite. Well, what does favorite even really technically mean? It's the shortest price, but if you still think there's value there, that's all that really matters. Uh, I am interested in Derma Sotagake. I think he could run a big race in here. I guess my real opinion is I don't think Verifying can get the distance. And Tappet Trice, he's just got to work out a trip. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes running late, but I'm, I'm afraid of being down in there. Yeah, that's my only concern. I do have to ask you one more very interesting development with what happened yep. today. With Irad obviously not riding Forte, Irad is now on Cyclone Mischief, a speed horse. Now, I'm sure Dale Romans would love to win this race, but, you know, Irad and Todd Fletcher obviously have a great uh, relationship. Maybe uh, make sure he goes hard and sets up for my boy TT. I think Irad's still looking for his first derby, so I think he's going to ride to win. And if that means going to the front, he's going to go. And if it means somebody else wants to go and you can sit sort of that American Pharaoh three-wide trip, you're going to do that as well. Look, they're all friendly. They all work together. They all want to win, though. Absolutely. Well, Matt, we really appreciate you on the HHH Racing Podcast. Have a great uh, telecast today. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate all right, it. Thanks a lot. Uh, you know, it's really – well, thank you, Paul. 
<laughs> wow. I appreciate that. It's coming from a journalist, especially. Uh, Paul, Matt didn't have to do that. I mean, we don't need to talk about law, the, you know, the praises for, for Matt Bernier, but he did not have to do that about 10 minutes before he was getting some production stuff in for the show. Uh, thank you to Matt Bernier. He's just a great guy. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, he is. He, he really is. He's a genuine guy. I was, I known him for a while from when he was on the TV show, uh, host players, which is kind of what put him on the national stage and, uh, he, he's the real deal, and I'm glad he's he's really between NBC and, and FanDuel. Uh, he, he's doing quite a bit of work, and he's doing great work. Yeah, he's he's his family is with him, and he finally gets to go home uh, to Maine. So I'm he's he's been uh, Kyle and Paul Pete, or sorry Kyle and Pete. If you've been paying attention to him or the show, I mean, he's been traveling since like the fairgrounds, like February. Pete, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, busy man, busy man for sure. Um, I'm sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. Did you want to no, say No, I was going to say, I mean, we talked to him at Kentucky, and yeah, he's been on the road since February, and he's like, he was, uh, this was at Keeneland for the Grey One Gamble. He was talking to us at our table when um, he was like, yeah, got to go here and then go into the Derby, and it's finally time to go home. So, yep. you know, and when you have a young child like he does, it's, you know, it's good for some family time. Just real quick, I'm not going to show the whole thing. I just want to give a recognition shout out to Kevin Kilroy. Uh, who's been on the show a few times from the Fairgrounds podcast. He also gave us a quick minute. I'm just going to show about 30 seconds, guys, with Kevin Kilroy. Howard Kravitz here, hosting the HHH Racing Podcast on Derby Day with Kevin Kilroy, Fairgrounds analyst and notes writer. Kevin, this is your second time in the Derby. Derby. Uh, you've been on our show before, so welcome back. How are you enjoying the experience this weekend? Hey, what about it? Your first one? This is pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's great, it's great you know. Gonna be in the paddock with everything, be in the thick of it, be able to see these uh, really, really classy animals up close and personal, and uh, and being just by all this, you know, mayhem, right? People are getting dressed up and looking good. It's it's fun, man. But how the best part is all the lead up, being there in the morning. The races are great when you're training with these, uh, you know, with these connections with these horses and watching it. It's uh, it's special, man. It's really neat back there. I know. Uh, he his pick, by the way, was confidence game. He really liked confidence game. Didn't work out. I'd never have a prime guys. Someone going with a uh, long shot. Thanks. A uh, shout out to Kevin Kilroy. Um, let, let's show the race in, in its entirety, guys. We'll show the whole thing through. Um, in terms of the start of the race, Pete and and Kyle and Paul, um, there are a few things that happened that were extremely important to me. Cycle Mission didn't break at all. Was never a factor. Dermosota Gake did not break well. Um, and verifying, uh, we talked about who would have to leave the first quarter, guys. I that was one of the few things I was right about this weekend. Verifying did have the lead. I thought it'd be twenty-two and four. They were going fast, Kyle. I, I, we, we talked about this on this show. You talked about it. I think everyone, Pete and Paul, thought this pace would be faster than people were saying it would be. And Kyle sure uh, turned out exactly that way. They were flying. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, we knew we knew verifying had to go from the inside, but I mean, he was legitimately just fired out of there, as you'll see out of the gate. And I stated on the show that I thought, you know, it's like I said, Cyclone Mischief put a lot of uh, pace in the race, but he doesn't break, so now where do you go? But, I mean, you could just see it, Mad Dash, all, there's a lot of horses from the outside that just want the lead, but it, ultimately it's just going to be verifying in Kings Barnes. And uh, reincarnate, obviously, also to his outside. Uh, Jace's Road, who we thought was going to be on the lead from the outside, tucks in right next to two fills. But I mean, they're flying. I hate right to, I hate to say it, Paul, but 
this this is no bueno. This is this is TT back here. Um, he didn't really get checked or studied. I watched it like five or six times. Just these two horses here. What, this is Angel Vampire, by the way. Just would not let. I mean, actually, is Angel maybe the one in front of him? But anyway, these two horses, Paul, they weren't blocking him. They just he just didn't have a hold to make an early move, Paul, and he just couldn't get in position. And I don't know what you felt, but even though they were going fast, I knew we, you and I, were in a lot of trouble with our TT pick at this point. Yeah, I think he had absolutely no excuse. He was three legs behind Mage right here, and Mage went on and won the race, and he ran a non-threatening seventh. So let's not try to hey, – look, at I was as higher on him than anyone, but let's yeah. not disguise the fact that he ran terribly in this race. Well, and two fills is in between Pete. He sees tugging right here. And Pete, can I ask you a question? We always see goofy shit in the Derby. What the hell is reincarnate doing at 14 to one? I know Paul and I were completely against the source. I can't recall. I think you didn't love him either really, but those, those odds are just silly. <laughs> yeah. Me. I mean, I, I, I try not to get too bogged down. The odds are weird. It's the Derby. You, yeah. you never know. You never know what horse is going to take money and for what reason. So you sort of just look at the board and if you like, a, the problem is you look at a horse and you go, I don't, I don't like the horse. I don't care if he's 90. I don't care if he's, 14 or 10 if you don't like the horse at all and think they have no shot then it doesn't really matter it's nice you want them to take money because then hopefully that means one of your horses is floating up higher than they should be so that's the way i look at it kyle i'm freezing in here because i felt mm -hmm. like this was a this is the move we're talking about you could say jared should have waited no there's a hole mm -hmm. open he's got a plenty of horse just freaking go for it and take a chance for right me now. in a race like the derby like you yeah. have that hole you take that hole and I thought he ran a absolutely perfect race. He gets, who do we say Howard would have the uh, lead at the top of the stretch of the Derby at the quarter pole. And there he is yep. right out in front. It's, um, he and, gets and I, I guess mage. I was close, Kyle, but, yep. um, we didn't, you know, now Kyle, what's very clear is Javier waited a little bit longer than shoot. Who was on mage in the Florida Derby guys. I'm drawing a big blank. Science. Thank you. Um, science moved early. Uh, Castellano was more patient and it, I'm not saying Sai has ran a bad race in the Florida Derby because he got the jump on Forte, but mm -hmm. this is just a move. I didn't see mage making in this race and sustain it. He There's nothing to say. He just ran fantastic yeah. right here in the middle of the track. And then of course, um, two fills fights and here's and Pete's I'm gonna, angel. Vampire I'm going to jump in real quick. Cause I had my, my future bet was on hit show. And at the top of the stretch, <laughs> right I here. really thought that yeah. I had a somewhat chance and he just does not get, he doesn't have the horse, but I mean, Castellano waits sure, and just runs right a perfect there. race. Angel Vampire is coming at him, not necessarily going away length, but yeah. still perfect ride by Castellano. He finally gets the roses draped over him. Paul, here's Disarm, your pick. I think you picked him for third on the show or maybe fourth. I don't recall. He ran a bang up race and here's it show right here, Paul. And Disarm is one of the few that are going on to the Preakness, and he did run well. I, I, all my horses that I thought would hit the board hit the board. The horse I thought it would win didn't win, which I'm pretty sure it's hard to hit the race when that happens, unless you're playing a <laughs> show parlay, which I happen to not be playing on that particular day. Uh, yeah. Um, before the race, though. I've got to show a few things real quick, guys. And, Paul, I broke the restraining order. Sorry, Paul. Uh, now, th this explains that, it, Matt Mella. <laughs> yeah, I did the best I could. Him. Oh, I kept, oh, him. Oh, I, I kept him away were, from that horse for three days, and there it is. There were, My bad. I apologize, Matt Mella. 
there were other people that were a lot closer uh, to him than I was, obviously. But um, there, there was there was TT. I was shocked, Paul. I mean, you've done this once before on the walkover. I was shocked. No, this is my first time, Howard. You said that on the walkover. No, my first time at the Derby. The Derby. I'm sorry. Why do I keep saying second time for you? I don't know. I don't know. You don't don't listen when people talk. (laughs) There you go, Pete. I mean, he's only no said it a hundred times. Pete. I mean, come easy, on, man. Pete. Easy, Pete. I'm tired. Uh, Paul, <laughs> you were walkover. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing how close everyone was to these horses. I, I, I just didn't think it, they would be allowed allow everyone to get within a few feet of the horses. It's weird. To me. Yeah, it's 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 one of the great things about this game. You know, whether it's you know in the morning being up on the rail at the Oklahoma and have, being two feet away. And you're right that that's the equivalent of you know running out of the tunnel with Tom Brady almost, you know, you're not getting that close. And that was fun. I, I would have been, I, I, you know, uh, I've been to a lot of events and this is my first derby, but that, that spectacle of walking over, which I've, we've all watched on TV a million times, uh, that, that really was pretty fun uh, just to kind of see the reaction of the crowd. The crowd was really super amped and uh, that, I would admit that was fun. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. I just wanted to show just a little bit of the walk over there. I we 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 did we did one other. I'm not going to show the audio. We're going to go ahead and move on. There was one other. I'll just show you the other view just to have it. Otherwise, my brother guys is going to kill me. So we. Uh, but I do want to show um, one other thing. The uh, Kyle again. Here's by the way. I, I tried to interview Disarm here, Paul. I tried to interview your buddy, but he he wasn't interested. So <laughs> um, in all seriousness. Um, uh, I, uh, the, again, the people were close, and what you don't hear, Paul, if you want to describe, is the atmosphere, like you said. People are cheering and yelling. You're going to see a guy to my right coming into the frame. I mean, it was really a really festive atmosphere. Yeah, there's the mage, people. There's the winner, right? Going, going you right go. by. Why, you didn't put the hex on him. Why would you put the hex on him and leave <laughs> Tap and Trice alone? Uh, I don't a, know. But anyway, young, there's the guy. Young Asperson. It was, you know, everyone just getting excited. It was Kyle to be on the track was was from 150 was pretty crazy. I have to say. I I mean, just that video. Can I you mean, imagine? You're, you're no, I couldn't. But you're <laughs> the fact that you're like you're literally walking away from an animal that's won, you know, six hundred thousand dollars, and you know has been the person, the the person, the horse that you've touted for months, and he's literally you could literally reach out and touch him. I mean, it's. And not to mention you're going, you're walking right by, you know, 150,000 people that are all screaming at these horses. I mean, it's got to be an amazing experience. Yeah, it was cool. Again, I'm not going to, sh- I won't play the video, but this, this was obviously in the paddock. You're going to see Tappet, whoops, sorry. You'll see Tappet Trace right there. There he is in the background. I mean, crazy. Um, the, we got that kind of access. He's just parading right behind us along with uh, all the other horses. And you know, what was cool also, Paul was, you know, because shout out to my brother, because of the mic, like people thought we were on air or it was like, you know, like I was actually live reporting. People were like getting out of our way. And like, it was, uh, it was, uh, listen, I didn't, I don't need my ego stroke, but it was weird and cool at the same time. Yeah, because of your brother, he developed an illusion that you were legitimate. God love him. Yes, yes. Thank you. Right, Pete? That is some master camera work, I, I have to say. That is some, although, hey, hey, Michael, if you're in the chat still, next time there was, you know, there was a there was a, a nice little lady with in a red dress that walked by. You can you can maybe widen the screen a little bit. So the people wow. for, for some of us who see Howard too much, we want to see some of the other sites as well. 
Well, I could show you. I I have a nice picture of Brittany Erton, but I'm not sure we should. That would be uh, you know appropriate. No, we don't. Me. We don't do. We we talk about strangers. We don't talk about the ones in the industry. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. There you go. A lot. A lot of people were. Um, uh, you know, we're all dressed up and looked really nice. Here's um, a picture of Mage in the winner's circle, and after the race, guys, we all, we ran the turf course, Paul, as you well know. Um, and this was again, courtesy of my brother, real nice picture, Javier Castellano, just an amazing story. Pete had not won it, uh, before. And, um, I'm pretty sure uh, he had the most starts without, um, without a Derby win. Correct. Before that, I think, it was like be right, I think he had I mean, 14 sounds, or 15 yeah. or 16. Yeah. No better guy. He's no. won the Travis six times, by the way, six and no Derby. Shows you how so. hard it is to win the Derby. It shows uh, how hard it is to win. I'm sorry, thanks, to my bro. <laughs> hey, Michael, Michael, you you mixed you mixed up the nouns there. I think you meant to say <laughs> Howard was crap. The camera was good. You you mixed them up, Michael. I know you're probably a little wow. tired, so your typing isn't as I good. I abstain. Man, I mean, pizza on the. I mean, you know, it was Paul. It is, you know, like at the at the heat of the moment. I mean, you can't you don't get a second or third chance at these things. Um, I just like the three year olds, the horses don't get a second yeah, chance either. He only get one shot. I do want to show one more thing that I think everyone finds interesting. Uh, we were at Jeff Ruby's that night, and who walked in with Jeff Ruby himself, the owner, uh, Mr. Javier Castellano, walked in to Jeff Ruby's guys and. I will show you just like just a little bit, like 10 or 15 seconds. Here's Javier Castellano at Jeff Ruby's that night. Um, that's gotta be a pretty damn good feeling. But the problem is, Pete and Paul, Kyle, he can't like have a massive meal because these guys gotta stay wait. So I'm sure he had. He a- was riding Sunday. He was back yep. at Belmont yeah, riding Belmont. Sunday. That's it. There's no athletes are more dedicated than these guys. I mean, cool. you know. Riding some non-winner of one out of the van on Sunday at Belmont, literally, you know, what fifteen hours, maybe 20, 20 hours after winning the Derby, pretty good. I, I was looking for him in the thirteenth and the fourteenth, Paul. They were going to wheel him yeah. right back. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler actually on Friday, Pete rode the last race, oh, two races after the attention. Oaks. Nice, yeah, that's, that's dedication. Oh my um, god. Pete, since you only want to focus on the race, you can care less about any pictures or videos. Uh, who, uh, what other horses you want to talk about? I mean, Dermasodogake was a big thing going in, and he sort of blew his shot right out of the gate. So you don't really know if he was as good as people hoped for. I mean, he sort of screwed himself right at the jump and then didn't run poorly at all. Just I think now people look at him and go, I told you the Japanese horses were no good. And, and then, you you know, you don't. You can't really argue one way or the other, but I think he was a little disappointing. I mean, obviously, Tappet Trice was the most disappointing because he just didn't run, and a lot of people thought he had. I mean, I kept hearing a lot of people outside of this show, obviously, talk about how he was a big contender. Otherwise, it wasn't that. I mean, if you look down beyond those horses, it was the horses you'd expect to be sort of near the bottom. Yeah, they're – 
you know, other than Mage winning, which is the most important thing that I did not predict, I felt like on this show, guys as a whole, myself included, we did a pretty good job analyzing this race. I mean, we didn't like a bunch of the speeds. Um, we, we thought two fills in general was going to run a big race. Angel ran well. Um, you, you liked uh, Hit Show a little bit. Kyle, Paul liked Disarm a little bit. And we each had a piece. And, and I, I don't know who was highest on Mage, either Paul or myself. I don't know. But um, nothing really happened in this race that really blew me away. It was shocking to me, um, other than Tapatrice being last at the first turn. I just, Paul, think, and I'll end the conversation with this, and I want to show two pictures to, to end the show. We can wrap it up. Um, everyone knows that we had a future on Tapatrice. You like Tapatrice in the race more than I did after the post. I just feel like if he got 10 or 15 and out, he would have been able to use more speed and wouldn't have gotten trapped down there. Um, do you still love him as much in the Belmont, Paul, in five and a half weeks, Tapatrice? Uh, I would have to honestly say no. I don't want to overreact to one race, but I don't right. think he. I don't think trapped is an accurate thing. I mean, it certainly was a disadvantage. But again, with a mile left in the race, he was three lengths behind Mage, and Mage won the race. Yeah. So how bad off could he have been? And he had the guy on him who's riding as well as anyone. So you know, he just the thing that's disappointing is that. Louis had put him in the race earlier at Keeneland, presumably because he was in the one, but you would think that that was going to carry over because the Derby is a race you're not going to run win from dead last unless lightning strikes like it did last year with a horse who's never going to win again. So it's it just not, you know, it again, it's, it's, it's unfortunate um, no excuses. It wasn't a bad, it wasn't a tough loss. It was a costly loss. I, there was the matter of that $50 cold pick three. I was alive to him as well as the future bet. So I was, I went with the Matt Miller all in. Uh, so I did have a, a, a one by one by one Pete pick three going into uh, him that was alive for another 5,500. Uh, so, uh, yeah, hey, look again, I picked the wrong horse. It's that is not breaking news to anyone. Yeah, I was, but I was live to three in the in the pick five, and the piss thing that pissed me off is if if Farbridge wins earlier, I would have had Mage because I had Mage's same Mage here. I had like, it with Farbridge. Pete. The thing that pissed me off was I didn't like Tappet Trice after the draw, and I should have put I had Mage as my sort of top B. I should have switched the two yep. and didn't, and then but I had Web Slinger in in my pick five and was like i just didn't have that's a good in the right spot and that's what pisses me off yeah it's it's web slinger was the key to that pete i I did i couldn't come up with him i i also had to pick five with uh fabridge i i had mage as a b so i was okay if fabridge had won but he didn't so the one thing real quick you said oh sorry how i was gonna say real quick what paul said was he talked about tapit trice and he didn't move with mage it's actually funny because mo donegal had a similar Last year, where Mo Donegal, who people liked a lot, even from the one, he had the chance to run the same race Rich Strike did and didn't. And then he comes back, though, and wins the Belmont. So it could be from a tap at Trice standpoint, if it follows sort of the similar Mo Donegal path, then maybe maybe you sort of toss the Derby. The Derby's funny. You almost toss the Derby after this. I mean... Oh yeah, no, he's still a force. I'm not saying I'm jumping off the bandwagon. Howard asked if I was as high on him. 
now as I was going in. And I have to honestly say yeah. no based on that. But, you know, Belmont, <laughs> Belmont is a different, although you don't win it from last, but, you know, it's the big sweeping turns, which are right up his alley. It's not going to be a field of 20. It's probably going to be a field closer to 12. Uh, I do think there's a legitimate chance we're going to have a horse maybe going for the triple crown because I think Mage has a legitimate chance. But, uh, yeah, yeah no, I, I think Capitrice is going to be formidable at Belmont. I, I'm just not as high as I was before the Derby. Well, if my brother is still listening, by the way, uh, Mike, I'm going to show a picture of, of you and, and, and I in a minute. So hang tight for literally two or three more minutes, Mike, if you're still listening. Um, I, I just you, you led me right to my last, very last point for uh, Kyle and Pete. Uh, may, it looks like first mission is Mage's major threat mm -hmm. in a week in a week and a half, and it's tough to come back. If Mage wins the Preakness, and I, I love to see him win, frankly, especially because I'm going to be at the Belmont. Here's my question for everyone. Let's say Mage wins. Let's say Forte and Tapatrice, which I would think they would both be going to the Belmont. Who's favored in the Belmont? Mage. If Mage wins the Preakness, I think it would be Mage. Yeah. People. Yeah, it'll be, I, I, I be closer than you think. Would be favored. I really no, do. I don't think so. I, I mean, because so. Mage, Mage will take the funny money. Mage will take the 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 people who bet on the horse trying to win the Triple Crown money. You, you Forte's could, you, not like some dominant horse that just didn't make. I mean, I, I think people there was enough doubting of Forte to begin with. We'll see. So I, I think Mage will take it. I would I would take a bet. Uh, I would I would choose Forte or Tabatrice over Mage in the Belmont though. Like, I, I don't care about the odds. Just, again, the whole, I'll give you a million dollars. You either get Forte and Tapatrice or Mage, I would take the Pledgers. I think they're more likely to win than Mage in the Belmont. Well, if you could have both of them, obviously. But if you had to pick one of them, it's a I might take story. even one of them, actually. But anyway, I hope we see it, Paul, because that would be crazy, crazy Belmont experience. Well, uh, I've certainly you know. seen plenty of horses not win the Triple Crown with a chance. <laughs> and fortunately, I did see one actually win it with American Pharaoh, but I've, I've saw many more <laughs> go up in flames. I was there when I'll have another get scratched before the day, the, the day before the race. So Crazy. I've seen all sorts of, uh, all sorts of uh, Belmont heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, uh, major would probably be favorite Peter, right? But I, I mean, I, that Preakness I, is I, light too. So it looks like we might, I'll have tell you what though, boys, yeah. first mission, first is, mission yeah. is good. That's good. a real yeah. racehorse. That's going to be, yep. That is definitely Major's stumbling block in the. I don't care who else shows up. His the horse he's got to beat is first mission. Yeah, that's going to be. Tell your buddy Hitchell yeah. might uh, be a fact. I mean, I don't know if he's good enough, but I think that yep. kind of race would be right up his alley. Uh, real quick, here is the person that <laughs> Pete was just ripping on all show long. Uh, that's my brother. No, no, uh, I was ripping on you. Not yeah, I was ripping. You got the wrong <laughs> well, Whatever. Your brother's <laughs> awesome. I, I don't even know your brother, and I like him already. So. I, uh, I, Pete, I can attest to that. I had a great meal with him Friday night. Yeah, see, I, I mean, I, I was just making more fun of the fact that he had to keep centering you in the in the middle of all these videos and photos. That's not his fault. Uh, well, he had I to was, earn his keep. Pete. I mean, he had to. Yeah, he had to kiss up. He got the. You know, he got the pass. He had to earn his keep. I guess. Yeah, yeah like you said. So. Okay. That's I'm really good not sure what That means, but anyway, I'll just move on. Yeah, this is sort of the. I wanted to close on this shot. It was uh, an incredible experience, guys. And people, we can say about the wins and losses and Farbridge and freaking King Ottoman not, you know, being put up in Fort Bragg and Revelita. I could go on and on. F that stuff. None <laughs> of that stuff. None of that stuff 
seriously matters, guys. The whole experience, Paul, and I'm sorry again for saying this your second. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, the whole experience was just absolutely incredible. Paul, I, I'll uh, Pete and Kyle, your final thoughts, and I'll let Paul with the very final thoughts since he was at the, he was with me there at the uh, at the Derby. Go ahead, Kyle. I mean, like I said, I didn't get to, I didn't get to spend it with better people. Um, got to spend it in the bar. The bar heard me you know, rattle off a few curse words at my continuing second itis. It seemed like I knew right when, um, when our guy, oh, what's his name? I can't, King Ottoman didn't win that race. I knew it was over for me, not to mention Spenderella and everybody else past that, but it was a ton of fun, you know, realistically for the Derby, the wallet's only one thing, the experiences and the memories of everybody else is always the biggest thing. And that's with a big day, like the Derby where everyone you know, pays attention. And, you know, that one guy that everyone comes to for Derby picks the one, you know, the one weekend a year is, I mean, a ton of fun and, you know, can't wait to look forward to what we got coming. Pete, final thoughts. Yeah. It's Derby day. I mean, Derby day is always awesome. And and as much as I like to, to needle you guys, it looked like you guys had a great time and a great experience and you only get your, your first time once, even though you keep thinking it was Paul's second, but you only get your first time going once and to soak it in, you can't beat anything more than that. I mean, the rest, like you said, doesn't matter. Just enjoyed it. And, and, and you know, we're happy to be watching you guys enjoy yeah. it from afar. Thanks, Pete. I, I was definitely thinking about everyone on the show. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for my final comment. Go ahead, Paul. Well, I just want to, if I could just tell one more very quick story. I was, uh, after, after every stakes race, they take the connections up to the director's room for a champagne toast and, of course, I was kind of tagging along with the Dormans, doing my proper research for my project. And uh, a woman approached me and said, uh, oh, are those is, is that Cody and his family? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, I'd love to meet them. And I said, oh, that, yeah, I'm sure they'd love to meet you. So she introduced <laughs> – this is unbelievable. You know, she says uh, – you know, so I introduced myself and tell her why I'm there, that I'm there with them and writing a book about the thing. And she says, oh, my name is Kate Tweedy. It was Kate Tweedy, daughter of Penny Shenery Tweedy, owner of Secretariat, which <laughs> after Cody's wish winning with Code being with Cody, that was the highlight of my weekend because, you know, with such, I, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I'm a Secretariat nut. You know, I was 10 years old and I can't say that I remember the races, but I have just love everything about him. And I told her the story, Howard, of our good friend, Dr. Jeff Mora, who connected you and me, who's in the chat many nights, who 50 years ago wrote a handwritten letter to Penny Shenery expressing his love for Secretariat, got a handwritten letter back, and he will be bringing that handwritten letter to the Belmont to show Kate Tweedy her daughter, wow. the letter that he got from her mother 50 years ago. So that's awesome. how cool is that? That is that's wow, crazy. Michelle's just think about that. That that is absolutely that amazing. was pretty good. Uh, what's also amazing, I'm gonna close out, is our viewers and fans. Paul, thank you for sort of helping me, you know, navigate everything at the, at the Derby. Paul was a, I did, I didn't, we didn't actually spend that much time together, to be honest. That, that during the races, Paul was doing his thing, I was doing my thing. But I just wanted to shout out to Paul for your friendship and kindness and everything there, and and for allowing me to meet also Cody and Leslie uh, Dorman, the, the mother as well. That was very cool. And the last thing I'm gonna say is. Um, Kyle, Pete, Paul, Charlie, Patrick. Um, I only got emotional once this weekend. I was thinking about my parents, but also a little bit about this podcast because 
this past weekend, guys, was a culmination of all of our hard work. And I know I was pretty much solo for the first, you know, year and a half, but you guys have been a big part of it, you know, almost a full year now. And I couldn't do without you guys. And because of your hard work allowed me to be there. Um, and, and if I said something otherwise, that would just be completely uh, unfair and disrespectful. So really shout out to everyone involved with the podcast, all you viewers, fans, because we were there because of you guys and we plan on coming back every year. They're going to have us. And hopefully I'm sure Pete and Kyle will be here. Happy to hear about this more than just two credentials, but uh, that that's not in our hands. But uh, again, shout out to everyone. Hope you guys enjoyed Derby weekend, whether you won or lost money. I shared a lot of things with you guys, videos, and you can tell uh, in pictures, you can tell it was quite the experience. So for Pete Visco, Paul Halloran, Kyle Roscoe. This has been Howard Kravitz, episode 257 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Check out Ben and Boozen tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and our flagship show this Thursday night. We'll be covering Belmont. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye. podcast you're missing out it's one of the best podcasts in the country